Hi, I'm Yolanda Cope-Stepney and you're listening to Speak On. We talk all things culture, society and well-being. Hi, I'm Yolanda and welcome to Speak On. Today we're going to talk about weight, obesity, body positivity and the fact that Bridget Jones was never overweight. I remember watching that film and eye-rolling at the notion that she was fat because that's what they call her in the film I understood that her character was neurotic about it um, but as that wasn't the main plot line it was more about her being single the film didn't focus on any of the internalized messages or how she got to this point of neuroses um, also it was a different time it was a very different time in 2001 the press made a huge deal about Renee Zellweger losing weight putting on the weight they released the regime of how she lost the weight all her diet tricks everything and then when she did lose the weight they decided she was too thin and then just spent years attacking her for that and then she put on the weight again for Bridget Jones too and then they just went back into the cycle of attacking her like I said it was a different time um there was endless I mean just the press was just ridiculous at that point this was the time I want to say press in air quotes they were obsessed with the size of women and who wore it best and Like every day, women in the public eye had to endure photographers violating their personal space when they were exercising, when they're on the beach, when they're getting out of cars, putting cameras up their skirts. It was just all vile. But thankfully, some of this has changed. And I say some because obviously the press is still obsessed with pitting women against each other and endlessly talking about our bodies. But as social media has evolved, it allows people to curate content directly for their followers that that, that people can relate to, as opposed to content going through gatekeeper editors who decide what's acceptable and what the the public should be consuming and what is in the public interest, in air quotes. And as a result of people just being able to put out their own content, the body positive movement and the body positivity movement has really, really flourished, which is, I think, is amazing. Today... I'm speaking to writer and blogger Jess Bacon. She talks a lot about mental health. She talks about body positivity. She just talks about all the lovely things on her Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me, Jess. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really happy that you're here. So yeah, let's just let's just get into it. What are your thoughts on Bridget Jones? Was she overweight? No, and I remember watching it and thinking, oh my God, I wish my legs were as small as Bridget Jones's because yes. they were tiny. She was so small. Yeah. And the fact that a very, very petite woman gained two stone and then was told she was fat was yeah. just, the whole thing was so ironic looking back on it, despite how iconic it was at the time. Mm-hmm. It just seemed so outdated. And while the psychology and the idea of constantly evaluating your weight was something that a lot of people can relate to because that's kind of pushed on us from a very young age to weigh yourself and compare yourself that was relatable but the way it was executed was not at all having a very small slim woman being called fat and being single and being able to be loved while she was fat even though she was still thin was just a very complex and inaccurate portrayal of a woman and a woman that kind of empowered a lot of other people to do the same, yeah. which was obviously the opposite of what it should have done. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I remember at the time just watching it and thinking, uh, Renee work is like, she's a teeny, tiny, tiny lady. Um, yeah. And her putting on weight, what does she go up to? They were saying, oh yeah, she's like a size 12. I'm like, that woman is not a size 12. 
No, I don't know. But even if she was, it wouldn't matter. But also what really struck me at the time is that they didn't... that Because they weren't actresses that were famous, really. I suppose they were famous actresses, usually on TV. But there were no film actresses that were allowed to be that size and were allowed to really be famous, uh, as famous as Renee Zellweger. Mm. So they just didn't think, let me just cast someone that's already the weight or size or presents what Bridget Jones should look like. Let's just get this tiny woman to eat some cake. Completely. Yeah. Completely. It's, it's wild. And that's so toxic. And it's the same kind of thing now with trans characters as well. To not mm-hmm. let trans actors have the opportunity to play trans characters is mind-blowing. Like, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's about giving people a chance to portray who they are on screen. And that exactly. has never been the case. And thankfully, we're getting there now, mm-hmm. finally, eventually. Yeah. But... <laughs> You know, Bridget Jones could have been a size 16 woman mm-hmm. and had all of this external pressure on her and fought against it. And yeah. that would have been a much powerful, like a much more powerful portrayal of what they wanted to achieve. Yeah. And, you know, in the in the books, I haven't, I've only ever read bits of them when I was younger. And it was mm. very much about her being neurotic about it as opposed yeah. to, and obviously at the time, like it said, it was a different time. So genuinely there were, the, there were the messages around weight were very different, but still, Completely. because it was just about her finding, I can't remember what the main, prote- I can't remember what the main guy's name is. Colin first character. Yeah. Because the main like, thing is about her falling yeah. on him. It was kind of overlooked that actually, I think they presented the whole, it doesn't matter what size you are properly. It yeah. was just like, he loves you anyway. Isn't he kind? That's how yes. it kind of came across. He is so, look at him doing, he's doing You're- the Lord's work. Completely. You're so lucky to have found one man to love you. Exactly. And that's just so inaccurate. It's just so inaccurate. Yeah. It is laughable now, which it is, is. You know. thank God. Um, and it's a shame because it like it took away from other things in that film that were actually quite entertaining and everything else. But yeah, definitely. Thankfully. And yeah. I think it's the moment she gets on the scales and weighs mm. like nine and a half stone. Oh, I can't even and with that. No. And I don't, I don't even know how that ever, ever could be overweight or fat. Nine and a half stone. No, definitely not. I just don't even, I can't even comprehend it. And for me personally, like I was, I've always been slightly bigger. I was always bigger than my friends at school. Yeah. And so, you know, watching Bridget Jones and seeing a very small woman be called fat, I was like, well, I do relate. Like I, you know, people call me fat and that's just how it is, even though I'm Mm not enormous and I'm not tiny. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in between, which is the whole like mid-size size now which is great that it's finally called what it is yeah um but again like Bridget Jones would probably be mid-size or petite because she was so small yeah so small I mean I I weigh just under 10 stone um and I remember being weighed in the doctors and things like you know when you're younger yeah um, not like school time but you know when they kind of do BMI which is bullshit which we'll get on to um and I am quite athletic so I weigh a lot I'm a size eight to 10. And if I go below, if I, I've been once in my life, in my adult life, I'd say since university, mm. I was around like nine and a half stone actually at uni. And I was so, so small. And my mum was worried there was something wrong with me. And that's at nine and a half stone because I, I, mm. I was like a size six then. It just doesn't work for me. So the no. whole BMI thing, the whole weight thing is just such a nonsense. I weigh more than my friends that are taller than me. Yeah, yeah. I'm the exact same. And uh, from my BMI, I think I'm considered to be obese. And I'm a size 12, size 14 sometimes. 
Yeah, I'm considered to be overweight because I'm ju- I'm just under five foot two. So I'm considered That's to be crazy. overweight. And then when I've been above 10 cent, I've been, I've been considered to be obese. And at that point, I was just a firm size 10. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. just, just madness. And also, it's so great that we can talk about it and laugh about it. Yeah. Because if this was like 10 years ago, I think I would have been so... I would not have talked about it. I would have been sh- so ashamed of being called obese or overweight. Yeah. I wouldn't have even mentioned it. Whereas yeah. now we can kind of laugh about it and go, actually, this is so inaccurate. And mm. it doesn't reflect anything about like how healthy you are or what you're worth or anything at all. Absolutely. It's literally not just a, a label. Thing. It yeah. is really just a label. And I, and that's a really good point you made because then I'm, I'm a bit older than you. And I remember when I was younger, no one would ever say what they weighed. Ever. Really? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I was like, I'm really small and I weigh a lot because I I really recognize that. And my mum was like, yeah, some people can just, it doesn't matter what size you are, some people can just mm. weigh more. And then other people wouldn't tell me or they would then say something. They're like, well, actually, it's not that, it's actually higher. And now, whereas now it's like, oh no, this is how much I weigh. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, completely, completely. Mm. Anyway, the whole thing. It's um, crazy. <laughs> it really is crazy. And um, I hope they never make another film around this subject. I know. Ever. And if they do, at least mm. do it well or do it yeah. right. Because yeah. even the messages, like you say, the crux of it was important. Mm. But it was so poorly executed yeah. and it just didn't it just didn't come across how it should have done. Do you know what I didn't look up? I don't know who it was directed by. If it was directed I don't know, by actually. a man or a woman. I didn't think to look at that before. Director. No, I'm not sure. Right? Just uh yeah. let me see. I was saying it was a woman, Sharon Maguire. Okay, yeah. All right, interesting. Oh. But I suppose, again... In different time, I guess. But... Com- completely, completely different time. We kind of went from this Glamazonian models to heroin mm. chic to, you know, there was just all these different kind of looks. And, and again, because it's lots of men editing the press and they yeah. just constantly just came for women's bodies. It was just, mm. it was disgusting. And like even you saying about um, how Renee obviously lost the weight after she did Bridget Jones. Yeah. And I remember reading an article that was like Bridget Bones and it was like a yeah. look at her back and how many bones were in her back. Yeah. And it was, you just think, oh my gosh, you just can't win. Like no, whatever yeah. you do, it's never enough for like the media or the press or any external outlet. It's never enough or never right. That is how we're like people like you on Instagram and just social media generally has really helped eradicate that. How do you think the body positivity movement, obviously it's been going on for a while because there were people Mm. when I was younger talking about body positivity and basically being kind of either, some some people would applaud them, other people would say they were were disgusting or why is this Mm. happening? They got way more crap than they do now. And so there were a lot of people that have literally punch through that wall to well, to make it easier for everyone else to do it now but how Definitely. do you think that social media has helped evolve body positivity and, and make us help us get past this whole Bridget Jones being fat thing mm, I think it's helped massively I think having every every person who has a platform now on Instagram can show things how they are or how they want to be or with several filters or how they think they should be and the fact that we're now pushing against that and going this is who I am this is what I look like you can either take it or leave it makes such a difference because not only do you feel better about yourself because you're not thinking I'm not this I'm not that I can't use that photo I look horrible or I need to delete that or that's not right I haven't seen anyone else have cellulite or have you know um fat on their back or have different roles in different places I've not seen that on someone before and I think bringing down those barriers and saying actually it doesn't matter how I look I'm happy with how I look 
I'm having a good time, this was a great moment with my friends or doing this with my family and I'm going to share it makes such a difference. Yeah. And then it leads to another person thinking that they feel the same about themselves. And even if they don't, they aren't in that place yet because mm-hmm. it is a journey and you don't wake up and feel great about your body every day. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. At least you're seeing more people doing it. So then you feel inspired to find that for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really empowering. And I think it really changes a lot, especially as women. If you're, if you spent, if I think about how much time I spent thinking about how I looked or how I felt about how I looked, mm-hmm. I wasted so much of my teenage years thinking that I was not slim enough, yeah. that I was fat, that people would judge me for eating crisps in public, you know? And all of that is so redundant. And you reach a point where you think, actually, I would get so much more done if I didn't spend every day thinking about my body. Yeah. That's really and, sad when you when you say it like that, but it's so true, and it's things yeah. that I've definitely seen people do. So there's um, uh, when I was younger, there was a study, and I don't, I can't remember what it is, but I remember mm. it, it talking very much about the difference between body confidence and when it comes to white girls and black girls, and so yeah. it was something that I very much witnessed because it definitely sat more in the white space for us because Mm -hmm. our bodies already didn't fit the norm we weren't represented or whatever so it's like we already know our bodies can't be like that necessarily we're not like that you know we're revered for being athletic or or people you know you're younger and you're black everybody they put you in sports teams some shit in sports (laughs) but they just put me in it because I was brown um so yeah that you know we already knew that and we have different uh different body standards slightly so it's something Mm -hmm. that I very much saw white girls doing and feeling so sad for them putting all this pressure on themselves and it's like we're Mm. in school you're in your school uniform just chill it's like how you talk about kind of wasting how much time you've wasted like what Mm. kind of things did you do what kind of messages were you like telling yourself well I mean for me it started externally I think before it was internalized so Mm -hmm. even when I was in like year three I must have been like seven or eight I vividly remember being sat next to my classmate and she said to me I bet you can't put both your hands together around your leg, around like your thigh. And she sat next to me and she could get her like small little hands around her tiny little leg and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, there's something wrong with me. I'm too big. And from that, I remember doing it vividly throughout my time at primary school, like trying to put my hands around my legs, trying to, and people would say like, you need to run more. You need to do this, you need Mm -hmm. to do that. And then obviously as you get older, you get access to the internet, which is great and awful. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of reading around what diets I could do. I did Atkins for years trying Mm -hmm. to lose weight. I didn't eat fruit for forever because I thought fruit was bad for me. Yeah. Um, So my eating became so disordered by the age of like 13 that I was eating kind of 500 calories a day and then working out for an hour to burn 500 calories so I thought that would mean I would get smaller and even at this point I was only a size eight and I was like well that's not small enough I need to be a size six I need to be a size four Mm. um and it's just it's that thing of like it's never enough and once it's in your head that you're too big Mm -hmm. you you just internalize it and no matter what size you are you don't think your body is right yeah. And you're still striving for something that kind of doesn't exist and doesn't work for you. Mm. Um, so I'm pleased that that kind of changed. And that changed quite radically when I gained lots of weight. And then I developed issues with binge eating. So yeah. it's like complete opposite end of the spectrum. But because of all these internalized beliefs that I was too big, that I looked disgusting, that I didn't look like my friends, that there was something wrong with me, that was kind of ingrained in me. So I'd cancel plans with friends because I gained weight or I didn't want to go out in public. And it would be things 
when actually it was kind of the whole psychological aspect was way more telling than what I actually looked like. Mm-hmm. And that actually I'm in a much better place now, even being heavier than I was even a year ago. Yeah. Purely because I've worked on the mental and psychological side of it and actually telling myself I'm I'm fat mm-hmm. is a lie. Yeah. But I've told myself it for years. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with like Bridget Jones. It like it is a lie that she's fat. She was never fat. Mm-hmm. But if someone tells you that and it's kind of reinforced in other places, it does it does stick with you, sadly. Yeah. Which again, when we go on to talking about like children being weighed in school, that's why yeah. it's so damaging. Because the sooner you know how much you weigh and how much your friend weighs, mm-hmm. you know, until you have all that information where you're on you're grown up and you kind of process it properly it becomes really damaging as a child. Yeah, absolutely. That's so sad. Um, and, you know, you were brought up in the time where you had access, you were a digital native, you had access yeah. to the internet from a younger age. I remember in magazines, because that at that point there was, you could mm. go on the internet, maybe at school or whatever, dial up, but it wasn't really accessible in the same way. Magazines were, and, you know, at the front of papers, magazines, everything, it was just pictures of women. And mm. it was just constant coverage of, blah blah's put on weight this person's yeah. too thin look at this person doing that who wore it best why does she look so old it was that was it was literally mm. it was pretty much saying look at all these women and how disgusting they are for whatever yeah. reason we've arbitrarily chosen for this issue that's mm. basically what it was like all the time there were shows about it and then they started thankfully i think how where i saw some changes in tvs that they started bringing in shows so on one hand these shows were kind of brilliant because they were boosting the confidence of women but also Mm. a bit annoying because then it was kind of saying that women need to change themselves in some way so there were things like what not to wear with like Trini and Susanna which was great because actually it's great fashion tips or whatever but then also fashion isn't the be all and end all but it was great because it was about if you feel horrible because of all this here's some Mm. things that you can do but then throughout there there was this vein of that kind of like let's be more positive about our bodies and right through to Gok Wan's How to Look Good Naked that one was all about positivity I bloody loved that show yeah Um, it was amazing so good but it was there these kind of things kind of stood alone amidst a sea of all this negative content and you know you were saying you have to look up diets when I was younger there'd be a million diets in a magazine that's crazy every time you'd go on you'd go into one and it would not things like because they were like teenage magazines and they didn't put Mm. that kind of stuff in there um thankfully because they were a little bit more aware of their audience and they had uh really good editors etc but some other magazines and also a lot of the tabloid magazines which don't exist as much now thank Mm. god they were the worst for for this kind of thing like what now magazine and all those other magazines have done Mm. oh it was just they're just garbage so yeah so actually I just it it kind of when I look back at it now just talking to you it's kind of brought back so many memories of the things that Mm. I've seen that I because there are there weren't as many like uh, black women and stuff in magazines or whatever a lot of it it's just I am not your target demographic I'm not paying attention to this so Mm. a lot of it kind of went over my head I'm not saying there were going to be there were no black women with or black girls with eating disorders I'm not saying that there weren't people um, internalizing this because we had a lot of things that we were made fun of having big lips having big bums Mm. having big thighs all the things that people do to their to their bodies and faces now are things that we used to be ripped apart for when we were younger Um, yeah but a lot of those, a lot of the content in those magazines kind of went over my head because I was like, well, this is, I don't identify with any of this anyway, but mm. it's just, it was incredibly damaging. 
Yeah, and I think for me, like, I completely remember it being saturated with, she's lost weight, she's gained weight, Mm -hmm. that kind of message. And for me, what always stood out was if a celebrity shared what they ate in a day. For me, that was like, that was what I thrived off, you know. And if Jennifer Aniston said that she ate eggs for lunch and she had an omelette and she had spinach, then I would have that for lunch. And, you know, and I would follow it, like, to the T. And I would think, okay, this is what I need to look like. I need to look like that. I need to be that size Mm -hmm. because this is what I'm seeing everywhere. Yeah. And even I remember reading an article when I was, like, 12 about how a woman who was kind of a size 12 Mm -hmm. was talking about how she always thought that growing up meant losing weight. Oh, wow. By the time you reach a – you are only, like, a full, true adult – when you are like a size eight, because that's how you show you've got your life together. And because she was a size 12, she always felt like she didn't have that. And I think I completely related to that. And I thought, oh my God, that is me. And I've got to make sure that when I'm an adult, I'm a size eight. Yeah. And it's just so damaging. And it's so, it just blows your mind that they were even allowed to print stuff like that. Because mm. again, you don't know who's reading it. You yeah. don't know who's going to take what from it. Mm-hmm. And again, even like you saying that you felt excluded from that, like yeah. dynamic but it was still so toxic that there was no black women on the cover of these magazines yeah that again they weren't that there wasn't even any space for this kind of discussion for everyone yeah absolutely and you know that what you've just made me think of as well at that time uh, that these magazines came out because they were there was this big focus on celebrities female celebrities mm. they started talking about there's a lot of like translation and kind of content brought over from the US. Obviously, yeah. US clothing sizes are different. So a size 10 is a size six. Everything is like you take yeah. down, it's like four down, isn't it? So then they start talking about people being a size zero, which is a size in the US, but isn't a size here. If a size zero is basically like H&M children's clothes or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but then it became this thing as well about women here wanting to become a size zero which isn't even a size that's sold here and louise redknapp she actually made a whole show about this about how damaging it is so what she did was she illustrated and actually followed all these regimes to get to that size and then show the horrible sizes of it that side of it so she put she was to, to be fair it's like she put herself at great kind of health risk but what she did was she mm. had doctors assessing her throughout to show how damaging it was to show what it did to her like her psychologically to do what oh to God. show what it was doing her relationship and she got there in the end she was so miserable and she looked so gone and she was like it's not worth it but she just felt compelled to make this show to show people to illustrate mm. why it was ridiculous um Completely. and that was kind of, i remember that show really resonating because she was like yeah size zero doesn't exist here but we have to get rid of this obsession with it. But it became a thing, again, because of the bloody media. Yeah, completely. Oh, the media. Completely. And yeah. I feel like even if you were a celebrity and you probably told them what you did eat in a day, they'd probably change it so it was healthier or stricter yeah. than maybe it was in the first place. Because yeah. now everyone has Instagram. And mm-hmm. you kind of know what everyone eats because they share it on Instagram. Exactly. And no one is eating, like, no carbs every single day for their life. It's just yeah. not, it's not happening. Exactly, unless you're like on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or something. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's everyone else. You're like Chrissy Teigen, who's just frying chicken every single day and just chilling Literally. out in her house with her husband and kids. What a life, just eating I cheese know. all the time. Living and her best life, yeah. Literally, her and her night eggs. I'm just like, I know. Chrissy, you are awesome. Just yeah. <laughs> Such a vibe. Yeah. I know, right? But that's what, again, what I love about social media. It's just bringing the content straight to people. Because you mm. made a very good point. They're most everybody, they were back in the day when they're doing these like this, what, this is what I've eaten today. And one, yeah. it either would have been edited or it would have just been written by their PR. 
Completely. So it wouldn't they wouldn't have even actually contributed to it at all. It, they may have just been like, what did you eat today? Or what did you eat earlier? And they may exactly. have said one aspect of it and they would have just made the whole thing up. So yeah. Whereas, Completely. Yeah, which is which is wild. But also at that time I can imagine because the pressure was to be different, have a different body, maybe for mm. some people actually that content might have been a little bit true because yeah. the pressure to be thinner seems to have been like way way more than it is now definitely definitely I feel like you could only be in Hollywood if you were like white and a size zero yeah absolutely and at one point double zero that was also I a know. thing I can't believe that was a thing yeah and it's like I don't want to like you don't want to skinny shame anyone because also people are just different sizes yeah it's completely. just this thing that everybody was just so obsessed with and actually yeah. talking about like people that are slimmer you posted something amazing the other day where you had your where you had your cake and you were talking about body positivity um mm. and you were talking about like people's what well, actually do you know what tell me what that post was about I'll let you say it so I'd posted before about how I feel about my body mm-hmm. and I'd had people message me like dm me or comment and say that I was too thin to talk about body confidence online and it was too thin to kind of share my body online that actually in some ways I was putting it on and Mm. for me I was like this is crazy like I have never been called too thin in my whole life first of all yeah and the second thing is everyone has a body right Mm -hmm. so everyone has their own journey with their own body and I think it's so important that whatever size you are that you feel positive about it Mm-hmm. And that even if you are, because obviously if you are a size six, but you suffer with anorexia, mm-hmm. then sharing your body gaining weight is a massive step. And if you're able to do that and feel positive about the experience, that's amazing. In the same way that being like midsize, as we say, like a size 12, mm-hmm. that is, that's still great to show your body as it is online rather than feel ashamed because you're not a size eight. But yeah. then again, it's accepting the thin privilege that yes, I, I can go into a shop, mm-hmm. any shop, and probably buy a size 12 or a size 14 and it will fit me. Yeah. You know, I don't, there are no limits on where I can shop. I'm glad you brought that up actually, because that was going to be my next question. Is there such a thing as like thin or skinny privilege? Because I've seen people debate this. Yeah, I think it's really tricky. And I think there's definitely privileges to being, you know, petite or mid-size, let's say. Mm-hmm. So say you're I think they say the average size in the UK is a size 16. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not reflected in shops. No, not but at all. Not at all. But if you say, if you went into a shop and you are a size eight to a size, uh, let's say 14, mm-hmm. you could probably find something that fits you. And that is kind of thin privilege is the fact that you don't have to ask someone if they go up to a size 18 mm-hmm. or if they have a size 22. Yeah. Um, so I think in that respect, you do have to acknowledge, and I'm definitely guilty of it because as a young person, I obviously thought I was fat mm-hmm. and I would say, oh, I look so fat in this. When yeah. actually I meant I feel so fat right now. Yes. And that's different, you know? Whereas I'd have friends that are much bigger than me. And you can't say I feel fat because I look at them and I think you're so beautiful and you look amazing. Yeah. But if you say I feel fat, then you and like a kind of a knock on effect is saying I think you're fat, which yes. is completely inaccurate. Yeah. But how you feel about yourself can be completely different to how you feel about bodies in general and other people's bodies, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I think you definitely have to acknowledge that even though you might feel as though you're too big or too small, that um, you have some kind of privilege if you can go into a shop and buy clothes that fit you, because not everyone can do that. Absolutely. And I've worked, I've I've had some clients before that are quite slim, and then they 
it would destroy them when people said, you are so skinny, but like in this really accusatory way. Yeah. She said in a way that they wouldn't necessarily say to someone that's bigger, you're so fat. But I was, I, I remember explaining, there are lots of other things that do that for people that are that are overweight yeah. or considered to be the world's, the country, the government is saying stuff. It just may not be that people in your life would say it, but when you are slimmer, people will come up to you and just comment on your body. Yes. What do you say to people who have anyone commenting on their body, regardless of what size they are? What would you suggest they say to those people? I think it's so difficult because obviously... We, I think you naturally say, so if someone walks in the room and they're dressed beautifully, they're going to a wedding, they go to an event, you say, you kind of, you look beautiful. Yeah. But it's things like saying that really flatters you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of potentially, it's kind of a barbed comment. Like there's yeah. kind of little uh, jabs potentially involved with that saying it looks, you don't know what the connotations of that are. Like you look, that looks flattering on your size. is yeah. potentially what the connotation is. So I think if you can, obviously try and avoid commenting on bodies. But I think, that would be the goal is to not walk into a room and not be judged on your body and not have someone label you as big or small or whatever. You're Mm -hmm. just a person and you're bright and you're contributing. That makes sense. But I think saying things like you look beautiful or you're amazing or you're a legend or like you are beautiful is so different because you're not saying you are big or small, you are worthy or not worthy. You're saying you're amazing. you know, And that is great. And I think terms like that are really empowering and I think if you can empower someone about themselves then they will feel empowered about their body and their mind which is really important yeah that's a really good point and I know that I uh, I am notorious for just going up to people and telling them that I think they look great even if it makes me look a little bit crazy they'll look at me like I'm insane until I say what I've said and then they're happy after but I I don't ever if I do it it's like that color of that dress looks yeah. amazing on you and actually yeah. it was about three weekends ago I saw a woman oh my god she looked this color popped on her so much I saw her from so far down the road oh. she just looked like an angel walking towards me and she is um I didn't even notice straight away that she was pregnant and she was with her with her husband I saw their wedding rings on she had this kind of limey greeny kind of satiny like long sleeveless dress on she just looked amazing. insane and I was mm. like excuse me and they both looked at me like what do you want? And I was like, I just have to say this color. I just, it just pops and you just look so gorgeous in this color. Yes. To this dress. And then I just walked off. Um, but yeah. I think that kind of thing. And again, I could do that without commenting on anything to do with her body. You, there are so many yeah, ways to tell exactly. people they are amazing or they look amazing that can mm. raise their confidence or just because genuinely I was like, I just feel like I, I just felt compelled to tell her. And then I heard her yeah. husband say, see, I told you you look nice in it. So I didn't even realize that she'd been walking around thinking she didn't look nice. Completely. And I feel like yeah. it's so powerful when women do that to other women. Yeah. And it's that thing about when you're on a night out and a girl comes up to you and says, oh my God, I love your dress. Or yeah. that top is amazing on you. Yeah. You think, oh my God, thank you. Because it does it feels so different because they have no obligation to tell you that. Yeah. And, but when you notice those kind of things, I think it's so important to say them because like you say, you just don't know what they're thinking about themselves. And the likelihood is it won't be as good as what you're about to say to them. So yeah. it's worth saying. Exactly, exactly. I encourage people to do it. Obviously don't comment on people's like bodies, but definitely yeah. if people look amazing. Definitely tell yeah, them. Yeah, tell them they look amazing. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. One of the things that well, obviously we're still, we still have a few subjects to go through, but something popped into my head talking about people looking amazing. Adele. Yeah. What was everyone's obsession? I get it. If somebody's appearance changes, you're like, oh, okay. The way the press went on about yeah. 
Adele losing weight or not. And it had all these like debates online, mainly like why sh- we shouldn't care about it was what, one of yeah. the main things I saw. But so many people saying things. And then magazines apparently started doing polls on her appearance and things. Uh, what? Oh my God. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on the nation, not the world's reaction? Because her post got millions mm. and millions of likes. It was madness. And I looked at it again yesterday and I thought actually that, like it, the reaction was absurd hmm. because Adele, when she releases a new album, that's the kind of reaction you expect. Because yeah. it is like, oh my God, she's an icon. But it was just, it was just absurd. It, like, I can't even put into words how bizarre it was. I don't know how many Grammys she has, but she has so many Grammys, so many awards. Yeah. And yet we're saying because she lost weight that she's, we should talk about it. I and know. That's, that's as valuable as winning an award or releasing a new single. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't relate to anything that she's capable of or no. who she is as a person. It doesn't change anything. Yes, she's changed. And I thought mm. a lot of it was really, a lot of it was so negative around the weight loss. Mm. And the thing is, why does it matter? Like, it's not your body. Don't comment yeah. on it. We don't know the story. And I think a lot of the things that came out, like, oh, I'm on a diet or she used this diet or she used that diet. Yeah. This is how she lost all that weight. And then there was, I read an article that came up and it was like, she'd literally given a comment to her uh, publicist, I think, and said something like, oh yeah, well, you know what? I've been through a divorce, like it's a heartbreak diet. Hmm. And I was like, she's not, like, that's the thing. She's not saying anything about it. And this is a really personal issue to her. Hmm. And that actually, because she's such a public figure, she's having to share this with everyone. And now everyone has an opinion. When there is no need, it doesn't change anything she's done or anything she's going to do. She just looks slightly different to what she did before. Exactly. And, you know, she's gorgeous then, she's gorgeous now. And she sings like an angel. She will always sing like an angel. Exactly. And let's face it, the most iconic, one of the the very many iconic Adele moments was, let's face it, the woman is a walking icon. Um, Literally. The advert where you got, when they first played the beginning of Hello!, yes that for me is one of the best adverts i've ever seen in my life because i don't even watch x factor properly but i almost when i heard her voice and when i saw the advert i almost fell off my goddamn seat literally (laughs) literally yeah but she has that kind of power and that's the thing and like it's her voice and it's who she is and she's always been powerful and beautiful and like you say completely iconic for our generation so i just think to focus on her weight is just so reductive to everything else yeah yeah Definitely. Okay, so now talking about that and the nation's obsession, ah, we're going to move on to the National Obesity Forum and the government's drive to tackle lockdown obesity. Okay, I get it. It's been locked down. A lot of people, yeah. some people have been exercising like demons. Some people yeah. haven't. Obviously, with kids, it's, it's really difficult because parents have got to... Uh, now be in the house with their kids all the time. They've got to work while schooling them. They've got to homeschool them when they haven't before. They've got yeah. to spend every single waking moment with them. You can't take you can't take them anywhere. So they're not they haven't got anywhere to run around. They're not being they're not even able to expend the amount of energy that they usually expend and burn the amount of calories that how many ki- calories kids burn a ton because they're usually running <laughs> around. Loads. Yeah. Um, and so yes, they're everybody is going to have pretty much put on weight it is with th- I feel like we've all just really accepted this because we're in this weird yeah. thing where this hasn't happened to the world be- for a really long time this hasn't like in terms of a pandemic but also yeah this is brand new for for Completely. the for this world that we're in now um but the government of course because instead of delivering anything tangible or any PPE mm. let's just about turn and focus on uh, obesity because 
you know, let's distract from anything it's that we're crazy. Yeah, exactly. Anything that we should be doing. So uh, the National Obesity Forum have called for children to be weighed in school in September to make sure that pupils are losing their lockdown weight gain. So Tam Fry, he's the chairman of the National Obesity Forum, said some children will struggle to fit into their school uniforms. Tam, that's not your problem, hun. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When they return in September, because they will have spent six months snacking and doing little or no exercise. He warned it would be harder than ever for children to exercise at school because they will have to stick to their bubbles. Um, and he said schools have to do something about it. Uh, we have to measure them in September and again in spring to see if um, what has been creeping up during the enforced period of inactivity has been countered by being back at school. Um, I would hope that if a child had a BMI of 19, fucking BMI, um, that in six months it would have come back down. If it hasn't, we are in trouble. He added, what we need is a quick six month assessment to establish the percentages of increased obesity and then follow this through with a single annual measurement. This extended measurement program would then catch every child who is piling on the pounds and seen them referred to weight management programs. There's a lot of stuff to unpack in here, but before... <laughs> Before we um, go through that, and we can go through this line by line, uh, Jamila Jamil had a great response. So I'm going to read it out. Hard pass. Being weighed at school was truly the minute my eating disorder started at 12. I can trace it back to that exact day. Understanding that size is not an indicator of health and just teach children about nutrition, make exercise fun and stop serving them dog shit at lunch. <laughs> That's it. That's her response. Yeah. Just stop serving them dog shit at lunch. And then she said, also... The BMI can fuck off too. I love it. Literally that. spot on. Yeah. It is. So yeah. So I mean, what are your thoughts on this? There is a ton to unpack in here, but take it away. I mean, there's just loads, isn't there? I feel like first of all, like weighing weighing children should not be a punishment for them at the end of lockdown. Saying mm -hmm. they put on weight, we're going to have to weigh you. Like this is your fault that you put on weight when you've been at home. Yeah. It's completely unfair because, like you say, this is so unprecedented. Mm -hmm. We've been told we have to stay at home. Yeah. Like, so everyone is moving less than they did before because we're all just trying to survive it, right? We're just mm -hmm. trying to get through. So I think having it as a punishment, first of all, is ridiculous. And yeah. the sooner you start weighing people, whether they are five or like 15, the sooner that person is aware of how much they weigh, the sooner everything begins. So the comparison begins, mm -hmm. the issues with size and weight and what size you should be and what weight you should be. That all begins. And the longer you can put that off, the better, in my opinion. Like, obviously, if you go to hospital and you have to be weighed, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it should never be, you should never need to put a value on your body, especially at such a young age, yeah. because it's just so damaging. Mm -hmm. And I think the comparison can really eat you up as a teenager anyway, because obviously you're kind of from the beginning of school, you're with people who are your own age, mm -hmm. you're all growing and developing at the same time. Yeah. So you have a direct comparison with you of like 29 other people in your class going through exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I think starting that process even earlier would just be so detrimental and so damaging to mental health. And I think it's not even about calorie counting. Mm -hmm. It'll just be about this psychologically will be ingrained in them that they are the wrong weight, they are the wrong size, and they will never be able to enjoy exercise or appreciate their body because they'll be so obsessed with the number that it is. Yeah, absolutely. And also, why is it a school's problem? Because schools have got enough oh, to do. Like yeah. Everybody always puts everything on schools. Like Teachers don't have enough yeah. to do. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. wild. And both, like, my mom is a teacher, my dad was a teacher, so mm -hmm. completely, they're, 
you know, they don't have enough people to do everything the government would love them to do. They would love to help children as much as they can, but I don't think this would help children in any way. And obviously, with six months at home, the priority should be trying to get their learning back up. Like trying to make sure that every child is given the opportunity to learn as much as they can, to catch up on what they've missed, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of develop different skills, etc. It should not be about what you weigh is what you're worth because that is just, just not accurate in any way. It's just a lie. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I just feel like it just isn't a priority and it's wild that this has become a priority while, while food that is unhealthier is cheaper. Like yeah. vegetables are yeah. more expensive. You know, you could, it's easier to pick up these other things with these special deals. And they're like, we're going to ban these special deals. But what about making healthier food cheaper? And exactly. all this kind of messaging makes me laugh because I'm like, it's like Jamie Oliver spent 20 years doing nothing. Jamie Oliver I had know. to fight the government to make them feed his kids a fucking carrot. It's like, yeah. please, can you give the kids some vegetables? And, yeah. and he was derided for it. And he had to, the fact is that he had to fight for this. And now they're just casually like, well, school's going to have to sort it out. And it's like, so what mm. we're, so instead of just giving everyone a nutritious lunch and nutritious yeah. snacks, and maybe if you need feel like you need to take some things off because let's not pretend some some school food when yeah, I was younger was, right was was dog shit yeah, yeah so as Jamila said so yeah we definitely there are ways they can do it without it being this thing where it's like now we're gonna weigh you it seems like something that yeah. Trunchbull would do it's Completely. horrible it's horrible yeah it is and it's it's so cruel like it yeah. is just borderline cruel like and I think you've hit the nail on the head there with Jamie Oliver because what has been going on for like this he's been trying to do this his whole life like Mm -hmm. in throughout the 2000s this is what he's been doing yeah and only now they're thinking oh actually we should probably address this yeah but even then they're still not even really making it about the school they're still taking responsibility exactly out of their own hands and it's like yeah you're yeah it's like they just want to make they make my dad he's a school he used to be a school governor and he was saying one of the problems that the school that he was school governor of that was great and it's one of the things that he worked on was like the finance and making sure that mm. things that kids didn't miss out because of restrictions yeah. um in money but he was like you know the school cafeteria shouldn't be profit making no. we they pay for lunch we need yeah. to feed them what they paid for we need to feed them lunch there are ways Completely. to make healthy food within this within this budget without it being a money making exercise so if that could be stripped back from it and we could focus on just feeding them properly and we all know that people can be fed um to like fed for you know for less money because jack monroe told us this yeah she proved it already that yeah. it can be the case if you know how to cook and if you're taught how to cook and you're taught about nutrition but you know, we can't if the if vegetable price and everything else are too high. And we, you know, and we can't if schools are just giving you, like, I don't know, burgers made out of suspect stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that is the thing, like, none of this is accessible at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, having a pasta salad for 99p should be an option if you're going to give a burger for 99p. Yeah. Like, and you can't blame parents for giving kids a McDonald's as a treat mm-hmm. if they can't go and do the same out at a restaurant or if they can't get fast food that's healthy because that might be all they can offer their children and I don't think there's any shame in that at all but I think again like you say this knowledge isn't accessible why are children not taught how to cook or how to make meals Mm -hmm. you know even at secondary school but at primary school when they're too young to do that for themselves that Mm -hmm. should be that should already be happening in school yeah there should be the right school meals available and even things like having a vegan or a vegetarian option mm-hmm. which would be much cheaper yeah. and easier to make is again as an alternative and there is no reason why that couldn't happen in schools across england Absolutely. already yeah know? 
Absolutely. It's like when I was younger, I had school, um, sometimes I had school meals, but on the whole, my nan was a chef. Mm. So when I stayed at my nan's, I used to get, have the dopest lunches. I'd like oh. open it up and she'd be like this, like here's some thinly sliced beef and all these oh. vegetables. She fully used to give me like a little meal, but everything was like super healthy. Mm. It was, you know, homemade. But again, it's because I lived with someone that had that skill. And then yeah. my mum is an amazing cook as well. Yeah. And she used to have a cafe and, and a bakery. So again, so amazing. everything I got was really nutritious and mm. it was healthy because that's what we had access to. And they had access yeah. to be able to understand how to make things as cheap as possible, et cetera, and make ingredients last. And that's definitely mm. something we need to work on. But I'm going to go over because we are, we've been talking for a little while now and we're going to have to wrap up in a minute. But I want us mm-hmm. to touch on BMI as like our, yeah. as our closing part. Let's talk about BMI. I want to close on what your thoughts on BMI are. I mean, it's just wrong. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't. I don't know what the science is behind it because whatever it is, it's wrong. Yeah. And I think it's just damaging to really limit what healthy is mm-hmm. and what healthy uh, can be and mm-hmm. just give it a one size fits all kind of number because it's just not the case. And like we were saying before, like if I'm classed as obese, you know, at a size 12, mm-hmm. that is just laughable. It's just completely inaccurate and I think for some people it can just be really damaging and I think the fact we still use it as a way to measure health is just wrong on so many different levels Mm -hmm. and the fact that children especially if we take their BMI if we take their BMI 11 they might be classed as overweight Mm -hmm. but they might grow a foot and then they'll be classed as healthy so you know it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It's just a number. And mm-hmm. to give yourself another number to compare to other numbers that you're given for your body is just so detrimental, especially yeah. to mental health. Absolutely. Brilliant. So I think just remove the labels, you know? Yeah, that's a really good. I like that. Yeah, remove the, remove the labels, but also fuck the scales. Completely. As well. Yeah. Let's trash those motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of them. Just burn them all, except for when you're measuring like ingredients for cake, you need that. Yeah, that's quite important. Food is a science. Food is a science. But (laughs) apart from that, yeah, apart from that, just get rid of them. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Where would you like to be found on the internet? So you can find me at Mm jessicakatie.com or at jesskbacon on Instagram. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jess. Um, it's so been lovely me. to talk to you. And do you know what? I'm going to have to get you back on because I feel like there's there's way more we need to talk about. There's so much to talk about, isn't there? We could talk forever. Definitely. Thank you so much, Hun. Bye. You're so welcome. you for listening to speak on make sure you like subscribe and share with your friends family co-workers strangers in the street to find out more about us including our upcoming events head over to instagram instagram.com forward slash speak on underscore bye